With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're live. The Juice, the Juice Betting Show is live. Player Profiler Podcast Network on YouTube and on podcast. Shervon and Ahan in the building. You can find them at Shervon Fakimi on Twitter and at Ahan Runkta on Twitter. We are officially seven days out from the NFL draft beginning in Kansas City. Boys, are you excited to talk about the NFL draft props tonight or what? Yes, sir. I am. I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. Last time uh, we did the juice was uh, with MLB, and it was one of the the most fun episodes that's that's been on uh, on the network recently. Matt uh, learning about how baseball is going, and it's gone the completely uh, other end of the spectrum, right up all of our alleys. And glad that uh, you're you're here for this as well, Cody. Super excited. This is my favorite time of year, and. I knew the juice needed to have an episode. You brought it up. I said, you know what? Let's do it. I'm in all the way. NFL draft season. It's best best time of year, if you ask me. Let's start out, though, where everybody thinks now is a lock. Number one overall, the Carolina Panthers. What's the move? I mean, the big move has been C.J. Stroud to Bryce Young over the course of the last week and a half. Are you guys in line with this? I'm not laying minus 1,200 on Bryce Young. Just got to put that out there so everybody's clear on that, okay? But that's where we're at right now. Bryce Young, minus 1,200. Before some context, in case you have not been monitoring the uh, market movement, so before the Panthers and Bears made the trade involving the number one overall pick, Bryce Young was viewed as a favorite, minus 160. After the Panthers and Bears later that night, C.J. Stroud becomes a favorite, minus 225. He later becomes uh, an even larger favorite. Uh, and then recently, some uh, some stuff around C.J. Stroud uh, about you know lack of preparation or he might he might not be ready you know mentally to start or whatnot. Lots of stuff uh, you know pu- pushing C.J. Stroud down uh, stock wise. Uh, and lo and behold, it's 420 now, and Bryce Young is minus 1200. I'm not touching this market at all. Uh, it seems like the books know what they're doing. They're locked into Bryce Young for what looks like two days now. I, I agree. I think Bryce Young, um, all the all the reports we've been seeing the last few days has been overwhelming in the Bryce Young direction. So um, sounds like he's going number one. I don't think uh, I don't think there's really any point to hit 1200. Might as well just. Uh, <laughs> Go on and wait for number two and see what happens there. Uh, the the question more so is if you're not going to go 1200, right? Is is there any benefit in sprinkling on CJ Stroud? Like, is there any thought that he's still there? I think it's a complete gone shot. I know uh, uh, Anand was on the decision point a couple of days ago mentioning he still liked him. Rich Rebar kind of still likes Stroud as well. Um, but all the S2 testing that came out in the last week and then some, 
you know, of course, when one negative thing comes out on somebody during the draft, it's like pile on everybody. He didn't go to the Manning Academy. He's a bad teammate. He doesn't watch tape. He's that he's this, he's that. And is there any thought to either of you guys that there's a still an inkling of thought that maybe CJ Stroud does get up there? For me, CJ Stroud, like is I mean, I'll just say it, CJ Stroud is is the uh, is the QB one of the class. I know, I know Cody, you're not gonna agree with you're not gonna agree with me on that, but CJ Stroud, uh, in my opinion, probably the best uh, best quarterback of the class. But who cares? It, nobody cares about my opinion, right? That's not what we're betting on. Uh, we see plus eight hundred on uh, CJ Stroud on FanDuel. Uh, this is what's fun about the NFL draft. You uh, you uh, have to bet on what the teams will do, not what you think is right. And don't worry, I'll get to a Patriots bet that I like that I don't like in real life. But um, Anthony Richardson third at plus twenty five hundred. I think the way you play the quarterback market, if at all is you find value in fading C.J. Stroud completely at the top of the first mm-hmm. round. So if these reports around C.J. Stroud have any uh, have any gravity, if we think that NFL teams don't like C.J. Stroud all of a sudden, find ways to bet other players to go ahead of C.J. Stroud. Uh, and I think Trevon has at least one prop in that mindset uh, as well. So I think that's how you attack the market, if, and, if at all, even if you're like me and love C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. I do see one quarterback prop on Shervon's side of the board. Where are you going here? Anthony Richardson uh, to go in the top five, minus 115 on FanDuel. Um, I mean, he's he's the quarterback with the most upside in this class. I think that's almost universal at, at this point. Um, there's We know there are at least three teams right now that need a – could use a quarterback that are picking in the top five with the the Panthers. They're they're going to take Bryce Young likely, and then the Texans at two. A lot of smoke around what they're going to do, um, and then the Colts are at four right now, which seems like if if it's if it goes Young and Stroud, and then the Cardinals stay put, then uh, I think that's the spot where Anthony Richardson goes. Um, if if he slips to five at Seattle, like that could be their best chance at uh, nailing their quarterback of the future. Uh, so and they're sitting there at five as well as another team that could use a quarterback. And of course, uh, the Cardinals still sitting there at three. They, they have their quarterback of the future, at least we think. I think so, at least in Kyler Murray. He's not going to play this year or most of it because of the torn ACL. So and uh, they need help with everywhere, really, at, with their roster. Their roster is barren. So they're a team that makes a lot of sense that could trade out. A team like Tennessee could trade in, as uh, Anand pointed out on the decision point. The new, their new GM went to the University of Florida. So there's obviously going to be a connection there. Um, so. I think I think Anthony Richardson is a lock to go in the top five. I think that's very interesting because you bring up Rand Carthen obviously going to Florida, but Rand Carthen was also in San Francisco when they get Trey Lance. Uh, you bring up Tennessee, uh, Brendan Donahue as well. He's the number one uh, most accurate mock drafter uh, from the Huddle Report over the course of the last five years. He has Tennessee going to three to get Richardson. I have the Raiders even coming up from seven to two to get him. So I do think uh, at minus 115, it's good money to bet on Richardson to be up there. And if he doesn't go top five, I think it's where a world where he's going to plummet down um 
but I don't think it's going to be as bad as like a Lamar Jackson where he falls to in the 30s. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be more like Justin Fields, you know, 11, 12, 13 area. But we haven't seen anything pushed that way, right? We've seen a lot of Levis conversations of either top five or teens. Richardson's been kind of consistent, even though people are saying the talent maybe should be in the teens. The draft capital and the mock drafts have all been pointing towards Richardson being up in that area. So I really like that one as well. Now, talking about the total quarterbacks in round one, it's set at four and a half. Are you over that or are you under that? I I'm I don't feel great about this, but I think I would take the over just because I think there are a lot of teams sort of like in the back end of the teens and the sort of into like the early 20s that could use a quarterback. And I think Hendon Hooker, I know he's old for a, a rookie quarterback. Um, I know he's coming off a torn ACL. I There are questions about his offense. I certainly have plenty if you read uh, my article on Jalen Hyatt that came out uh, either, I think it was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. So he definitely has question marks, but quarterbacks, they're always going to be in small supply. He's He did enough to, to at least warrant this being a conversation, and there are enough teams like, possibly Detroit. I don't think they would pull the trigger with on him at 18, but Tampa Bay at 19. Um, and then Seahawks again at 20. If they don't get uh, Richardson, uh, they could possibly be a spot for him. Uh, the Vikings are currently the favorite to land a Hendon Hooker, which would make sense. Kirk Cousins on the last year. He's going into the last year of his contract. Um uh, I don't really know what other options. It's not like if Kirk Cousins is going to be on the team, they're going to be bad. Like, yeah, yeah. they're going to they're due for regression with how uh, many one score games they won, but they're not going to be uh, Caleb Williams bad. So, if they're going to need a quarterback at some point, their best chance might be to just take Hendon Hooker at twenty three, have him wait a year, and then uh, as he rehabs his torn ACL, and then go from there. Hendon Hooker's a guy. Okay, you can go. Yeah, I I was gonna say related to what Shervon said, uh, you can either take the over four and a half quarterbacks drafted round one plus one hundred two, right? And you're basically making the bet on whether Hendon Hooker is gonna go round one, or if you want to get a little freaky and only sprinkle this market, um, there is an interesting look which is targeting a specific team to get Hendon Hooker, and there's one specific team that has a kind of interesting market. If you have uh, this prop on DraftKings, well, good for you because we in Massachusetts don't have this. The Washington Commanders uh, to um, draft Hendon Hooker or to draft a quarterback uh, as their first player drafted, which obviously basically means Hendon Hooker, whether you take Hooker to go to Washington or Commanders to draft a quarterback first, uh, either way, it's plus 1,200 on FanDuel. Uh, I am seeing that this is plus 2000 on DraftKings. So if you have that on DraftKings, I think plus 2000 there is a good sprinkle to for Hooker specifically to go to Washington. There's a plethora of reasons Washington would want to make that move uh, early, especially um, you know with what they have there and the whole Lamar situation. Apparently nobody in the world wants Lamar, which is another story, but that's a sprinkle I would make. Where's Houston on that market? Houston Texans not available um, for Hendon Hooker, it looks like, uh, unless okay. I scroll to the Hendon Hooker menu itself. 
Uh, team to draft Hendon Hooker. Vikings plus 500 is the favorite. Houston Texans plus 2,000. Okay. I like that one. That's one. So if you look on mock draft database, you can see broken down by team of projection by a lot of these mock drafters. 23 is a heavy one for the Vikings, obviously for Hendon. 12, 22 was also one there uh, with the Ravens. I thought was very interesting. You bring up Washington. I see that one a couple times. I think the one thing people need to understand and weigh in here with this Hendon Hooker conversation is a month ago, we saw Mike Tannebaum from the 33rd team, former GM, put him at five, right? He didn't put him at five because he thinks he's going to go five. He put him at five to make a statement. Peter Schrager came out with his mock yesterday. He put him at 11. He didn't put him at 11 because he thinks he's going to go 11. He put him at 11 to make a statement. And that was that if you look at the past ADP of the NFL draft, literally February 13th on mock draft database, Hendon Hooker's ADP was 134 for the NFL draft. And it has climbed exponentially up to 40 today. That's about what? 45 days, 50 days. It's went from 140 to 40 essentially. And that's where it belongs. He should have always been in the 40s because if he would have won the Heisman last year or been a finalist for the Heisman, the conversation wouldn't have even ever went out that he, oh, this guy doesn't matter, he, you know, because of the ACL, whatever. I think the NFL thinks the talent is there to a certain extent. I think being a first-round lock, uh, I would I would bet that. I would bet, you'd say, a plus 102. I like the bet to have uh, Hendon Hooker go there in round one. That gives five quarterbacks. I think that's a hammer. I think that's a great bet. Uh, Shervon at plus 102. I think that's minus. I think that's going to be minus money by Monday night. So I like that call on there. Let's shift to cornerback, not quarterback here. Now let's go back to cornerback. You both have a couple of props out here for cornerback. And I see one name on Mock Draft Database that is not mentioned by either of you guys, but I want to see who you guys like to be the first cornerback off of the board. Ahan, you go first. Well, there's a particular cornerback uh, who had, was drawing some hype, uh, you know, from specific outlets before uh, the combine. And everything I heard around him was, well, the one thing he needs to prove is that he has speed because he's got great ball skills. He's got, uh, you know, physicality. But um, is the speed there? We don't know. Uh, and he answered that question uh, during the combine uh, with his 72nd percentile 40-yard dash. Athletic profile, best player comp uh, on player profiler is A.J. Terrell, which is not the case uh, for the cornerbacks that are currently favored above him. Um, but this is the case with Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley, you know, or, you, those pretty good cornerbacks that went uh, very early in the draft recently. Uh, Joey Porter Jr., draft position under 19.5 is my favorite bet on the board. Uh, I'm going to put one unit on this, which I don't do for NFL draft props usually. I just have some fun and sprinkle the long shots. But this one seems like the correct side um, all the way. Raises stock at the combine uh, with uh, that speed. And if you look at cornerbacks drafted recently before uh, you know, in that top 20, which is what, what this bet is suggesting before 19 and a half, uh, two in 2022, uh, with a few selected, you know, in the 20s, same deal in 2021. And then 2020, there were four cornerbacks drafted top 20. And now you see a class that is not as strong at quarterback, not as strong at the top at wide receiver. If you look at the teams that draft in the top 19, you could make an argument for almost all of them that, you know, outside of the top five, obviously, that sort of 10 to 20 range. There are teams that you could argue either would want to draft that cornerback or 
you know, Joey Porter is obviously a huge upgrade over what they have. You can make an argument for Arizona, Indianapolis, Detroit has two picks in that area, Las Vegas, Atlanta, uh, Chicago, Tennessee, Houston, New England, uh, Green Bay, Washington, and my landing spot for him, Pittsburgh. Uh, All of them could pull the trigger all before 19 and a half. Under 19 and a half at minus 136. Pittsburgh, shocker. Pittsburgh, shocker with that one. (laughs) Uh, Shervon, where are you at with the cornerback position? Are you riding Joey Porter or are you going elsewhere? I'm going elsewhere. I'm, I like Christian Gonzalez of Oregon to be the number one corner drafted in this class. He's at plus 150 on FanDuel, plus 140 on MGM. It's a little interesting, though, that Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois is currently the favorite to go to the Detroit Lions at, I believe, minus 160 right now. Uh, So that's a little interesting, but I just think Gonzalez is a better prospect. He's he tested much better than Witherspoon at the combine. He's almost two full years younger than both Witherspoon and Joey Porter Jr. Um, I just think he's a really good prospect. His uh, best comparable and player profile is Marshawn Lattimore, who has been a pretty damn oh. good corner. So I, for, and on top of that on player profiles, mock draft index, Christian Gonzalez has a higher ADP than Devin Witherspoon. And as someone who has helped contribute to that mock draft index, I can, I can assure you there I've seen plenty of mock drafts where Christian Gonzalez is going before Devin Witherspoon. So to get this at plus money, I think, I think it's well worth the shot. Yeah. We haven't fully seen the Witherspoon ADP crest the single digits where you have with Gonzalez. And there's two sides to look at. I think for this, you mentioned Witherspoon being older, um, there is rumors that coaching staffs think he has more of an aggressive factor that they like at cornerback position. And then Gonzalez being on the softer side, but he is two years younger. He's bigger. He's longer. Uh, he's got the, the, the uh, hierarchy of his family being Olympians in Columbia and Joy Porter Jr. Of course has Joy Porter senior as his father. So it's a great uh, cornerback class here at the top with these three guys also throw Deontay Banks in there. As that conversation goes, uh, Lance Zierlein thinks he's going to be drafted higher than currently assessed. Um, I think this is just an interesting group. I like Christian Gonzalez as being the top guy. I think if I was drafting, I'd probably take him because I like to project guys. I like the guys that are lengthy, are athletic, and they have those traits, um, but I'm not drafting. So Christian Gonzalez, first quarterback, cornerback drafted, plus 150 on FanDuel, plus 140 on BetMGM. That is where Shervon sits, and Ahan sits under 19.5 for Joey Porter Jr. That's minus 136 on FanDuel and First cornerback drafted is plus 2,500. So even if you like Gonzalez as the first one, getting plus 2,500 on Joey Porter Jr. is just a nice little sprinkle I'd like to take. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think that's a smart one there, Ahan. Now let's go to the guys that face and play against these cornerbacks. Let's talk about wide receiver. Um, There's a couple guys here, right, that are considered first-round locks. There's a couple guys that are kind of on the fringe. I don't know where I want to start here because I think you guys are on two different face, two different sides of this angle. Let's start out with this one right here. Four and a half over under wide receivers drafted in the first round. Shervon, where are you sitting with this number? Because there's three guys in my mind that are locks. Three guys that are locks. I think we I think we can agree that Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers are locks. 
I that's what I think at least, and I think Cody would agree with that. Uh, as well as the majority of the uh, draft industry. So then the over under at wide receiver sits at four and a half currently, which is if I can look at my notes here, plus three seventy. And in the last three years, we've had six uh, in 2022, six receivers went in the first round. 2021, we had five receivers in the first round. And in 2020, we had six go in the first round. So I personally think that the over is going to hit again with Quentin Johnston, who I know his stock is slipping, uh, but I think he'll still end up getting in that first round. And I think a team, especially like the Chargers or the Bills, could get enamored with Jalen Hyatt's speed uh, and to help with their offense. And I think that gets us to our over at uh, five. So I, I like four and a half at plus 370. Okay. So Quentin Johnson is the one guy that we didn't mention right right away as the walk with Jackson, Jordan, and Zay. Uh, that is currently has ADP ahead of 30. Uh, Quentin's is 24.2 on the player profiler mock draft index. Ahan, you may be looking at this from a different angle. Where do you see Quentin at right now as far as where is he going? His current uh, ADP, his number is 26.5 on FanDuel at plus 132. Are you under this? Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same page as Sharon here um, about Jackson Smith and Jigba and uh, Jordan Addison. Um, but Quentin, uh, Quentin Johnston, the 26.5 number just seems a little disrespectful for someone who ranked number seven in the class in athleticism uh, score um, on player profiler, someone with an elite catch radius, elite uh, burst score. He's just basically, you know, that pure athlete, big body that we see a lot of teams with good quarterbacks want on their team, such as an A.J. Brown type. So I'm not saying he's A.J. Brown. I'm saying that, you know, the body style, you see a lot of teams often overpay for someone just with a frame and, you know, not much else in other departments. And Quentin Johnston is not just a pure athlete. He's got uh, other skills as well. And you look at the teams that are sitting right now um, under 26 and a half, and it's the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Minnesota Vikings, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Los Angeles Chargers, and then at 20, the Seattle Seahawks. You could argue most of those teams would want a big body wide receiver. Maybe not the Seahawks, uh, maybe not the Jags. They seem pretty set um, in their pass catching corps, but how about the Baltimore Ravens actually paying attention to their receiving core or the Chargers trying to replace washed-ish Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, uh, give Justin Herbert more help. Uh, under 26 and a half, the value here is great because it's plus 132. I like that. We'll talk a little bit more about wide receivers when we come back right from this ad from the Podfather. Oh, hey, it's a Mr. Breakout Finder coming at you. The Breakout Finder features three key tools, a database of metrics that includes speed score, college dominator, breakout age, but also Breakout Finder only stats like dynamic score, level of competition, teammate score. All of these things are part of the overall Breakout Finder algorithm that pinpoints the probability that a player will break out. Everyone's talking about my model does this and my model does that. Well, we give you the data points that go into the model. We have a feature that lets you compare players. And then we give you the precise probability of every wide receiver, every running back sorted 
and filterable by class year. So when I'm talking to my friends and I need to show them why I'm so bullish on Player X, I pull out the breakout finder and bam, there he is. So go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's five bucks to get the breakout finder and then a couple extra bucks to get some of these additional enhanced stats. Go download it and thank me later. The breakout finder. Now, I want to talk about somebody that is rated very highly on the breakout finder, and that is Zay Flowers. Now, I see, Ahan, you may like Zay Flowers. Do you want to uh, indulge on some Zay and explain to me why you like this uh, prop here over at FanDuel? I've, I've never seen a smoother one minute of transitioning from anybody in my life. I mean, we talk about Quentin Johnston. Uh, if you want to see where we rank Quentin Johnston in the breakout finder, go download it. <laughs> Uh, you will be fascinated by where we drank, uh, rank Quentin Johnston, no matter what side you're on. Um, anyway. I think um, you meant dr- you said drank there. You, you said we drank Quentin Johnston because you know what? He's going to make a lot of people drink, I think. <laughs> I mean, it is the juice after all, right? <laughs> anyway. We're drinking, that, we're drinking that simple green syrup. That's what we're drinking. <laughs> Zay Flowers. So – you know, we I, I've been on the writers roundtable. I've been on this show, and at some point, you know, we I have to drop a little bit of self pity for myself for for being a Patriots fan. Uh, Zay Flowers obviously goes to Boston College. Um, th- there there are rumors that the Patriots have not ruled out drafting one of the better wide receivers of the class in Zay Flowers. Spoiler alert: the breakout finder does not think Zay Flowers is garbage. Um, <laughs> if you want to see where we rank him, go go download it. Um, Zay Flowers to be the first wide receiver drafted over Jackson Smith and Jigba is good value at the 17% implied price that we're getting plus 500 um, on FanDuel. Um, And if you, if you want a a specific landing spot, it is noteworthy that the Patriots have not yet traded out of that number 14 spot and wide receiver is um, one of the favorites for uh, the Patriots uh, to go with that first round selection, but that's just me trying to trying to give myself false hope. Anyway, the value is with him being the first one off the board, especially in a class where these wide receivers there's there's obviously no clear number one, and maybe some NFL players will will tell you otherwise that you know JSN is obviously the guy, but given the limitations surrounding all of these guys in some way there's there's no clear do it all receiver guaranteed lock to be a superstar in the NFL which some draft classes do have like Justin Jefferson um this one does not um and Zay Flowers profiles very well um under a bunch of our metrics so plus 500 seems like a pretty good price I see a seven-part series here on Player Profiler called Who Got Next? And our boy Shervon Fakimi is writing this. Uh, you can Google Shervon Fakimi and Who Got Next, and they'll all pop up right there. Or you can just go to playerprofiler.com, go to the news and articles, and look in the NFL draft section. He did one on Zay Flowers. He did one on Jordan Addison. He did one on Jalen Hyatt and amongst others. Go check it out. So that's your Zay Flowers plug here. So you got Zay Flowers as the first receiver drafted. Jackson feels like a lock. You like Quentin under 26 and a half. I'm assuming you got Addison in there somewhere. And do you think the Chiefs are going to go receiver? I I I have been debating uh, what the Chiefs are going to do for a long time. And given the price that we are being dropped on FanDuel, I say thank you very much. The chance that the Chiefs go wide receiver in the first round is more than 33%. We're getting plus 200 
and the Chiefs drafting any wide receiver, not to mention they could reach on someone they like specifically for the Andy Reid offense. And over the last few weeks, I've thrown the idea uh, of Rashi Rice, uh, you know, jumping up into the third round. And a lot of people, I mean, you can consider that a hot take given where he's being mocked right now. But the fact that you don't even need a specific wide receiver, you know, like a Quentin Johnston to go specifically to the Chiefs, you could get someone that replaces Juju in some way, because let's be honest, if Patrick Mahomes is feeling happy about his wide receiver situation right now, he's a brave, brave man, Um, because it's just not good right now outside of Travis Kelsey. Something happens to Travis Kelsey for one game. I have no idea who's getting separation on that team, except maybe Justin Watson like twice a game. Uh, So if I'm the Chiefs, I actually think I want to draft a wide receiver. Um, And if I'm Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, 33% 33% seems like a seems like a good price. I like that. I also see Shervon has the same feeling for a different AFC team. And the one thing I do like about these picks is that it's first player drafted wide receiver. It's not first round pick. It's you know, these guys are at the back end of the of the second round, and they could very easily move into round two. Buffalo's had a lot of conversations about moving back. I could see the world where the Chiefs do as well. Um I like that. Like, I think that gives you a little more flexibility too, because if they do move, do do move back ten spots, that opens the Pandora's box for Josh Downs, Jonathan Mingo, Tillman, Rashi Rice. It's just like it's never ending at the wide receiver position, and it doesn't cost you as much draft capital. Let's finish out these wide receiver conversations uh, for the time being with that other AFC team. Shervon, you got another one. This this is pretty much uh, the exact same bet as a Han, but a different team. The Buffalo Bills first position drafted wide receiver plus 380 on FanDuel. I think this is just like a smash personally. We know Gabe Davis is not it. Uh, he ranked 68th among receivers in target rate with an 18.3%, 49th in yards per route run. I am a fan of Khalil Shakir, but he was barely used. Uh, as a rookie, as seems to be the norm with uh, Buffalo players drafted, not in the first or not in day one or day two. Stefan Diggs is going to be 30 years old uh, in November of 2023. Not that he's washed or anything, but, you know, it's always nice to start planning for the future once Diggs does start to slow down, if that ever happens. And you look around in the AFC, uh, the AFC East, the Dolphins just traded for Jalen Ramsey to go with Xavier Howard. The Jets have Sauce Gardner. The Patriots are always frisky uh, in the secondary. Bill Belichick was a defensive backs coach after all before working his way up. So, And the Jets are likely sooner or later this Aaron Rodgers fiasco is finally going to be over. So there's more offensive firepower in the division as well. And then you lastly, you look at where these guys are going on the player profile mock draft index. Jordan Addison, 23.7. Quentin Johnston, 24.2. Zay Flowers, 26.8. Jalen Hyatt, 33. All are within six eighty p spots of Buffalo's pick at 27. And as we meant, as Cody mentioned earlier, if, if a team wanted to like trade up to go draft Hendon Hooker and get his fifth year option, a team like the Raiders or the Titans, then they could just fall back into the second round, get more uh, draft capital, and go land a 
a guy like Josh Downs, who is one of my favorite receivers in this draft, uh, could go get a Josh Downs, could get a, one of Cody's guys, Jonathan Mingo, could go get Cedric Tillman. So they need help at receiver. We saw it in the playoffs. And to get plus 380, I think, is a smash hit. I was just on the WGR 550 Buffalo radio show with Mike Shope uh, from the deep end uh, talking about the Buffalo Bills and, and kind of what they are doing. I mocked Cody Mock there from uh, North Dakota State. He's kind of a 5-2 offensive lineman, and I kind of got a little scoff from them. I also talked about Edge, got a little scoff from them, and they brought up wide receiver. And so that's when you, when you brought up that, I was like, ooh, I, I really like that, and you're getting pretty good juice on that plus 380. It's a pretty sneaky bet. I, I kind of like that. Let's move to tight end. Stay in the receiving game. Move to tight end. Tight ends in the first round. Over under is two and a half. Ahan, I don't love tight ends. Do you? What do you mean by that? Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, pause. I like the tight end. I like there. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I like the tight ends in this class um, of the NFL draft. Um, <laughs> There, there are a lot of teams that have, you know, we were talking about this right before the show about how much do visits mean, right? Like how much does it mean for, for teams to visit either, you know, during the combine or after, uh, I mean, you know, if it's Will Levis meeting with the Patriots, I, I, maybe that doesn't mean anything, but there has been a team that has met with a lot of tight ends and there have been a lot of tight ends that people are throwing out as like, this is the guy, this is going to be the best tight end of the class. And I've been hearing, speaking of the Bills, a lot of Bills reporters start to profile tight ends thinking that the front office might draft a tight end at some point in this draft. What you think of Dawson Knox? I, I don't know. Uh, Dawson Knox was not bad efficiency-wise last year. He's a good athlete, former third-rounder. But go figure, the Bills drafting a tight end seems like it could be the the a real thing. Um, so there are tight ends that are probably going to go late first round for one tenth of a unit bills to, to draft a tight end as their first player plus 2000. And again, like Cody said earlier, it doesn't have to be, you know, at that spot, they could trade down and still get a tight end as their first drafted player, a, a really good one at plus 2000. Given the report seems good. I might just throw a 10th of a unit on that, but the main tight end bet here is uh, over two and a half tight ends, drafted in the first round at plus money seems really good and again you look at the sort of teams that currently have picks around the 20 to 21 to 29 range with the needs at tight end i would argue the chargers have a needed tight end the cowboys just lost dalton schultz the Bengals uh will do anything to improve their offense right they just signed orlando brown stole him from the chiefs so they'll help joe burrow any way they can and Meyer and uh, Dalton Kincaid, I'm probably mispronouncing it, but Dalton Kincaid, uh, they seem to be locks to go in the first round. Washington, Musgrave, Sam Laporta all have chances to sneak in the first round if you sort of look at steam around them. And they all have athletic profiles that look like they could be actual, immediately good, useful NFL wide receivers. And if you look at a lot of these teams, they are looking for immediate talent that could help them contend for a Super Bowl. So I like at the plus money, uh, half a unit on over two and a half tight ends in the first round. The running back position, and then let's get out of here. Shervon, I see you got a running back on here, and not only one, but you're considering two. Are we making the run game great again in 2023, or 
What's the deal? You know, I, I'm all I, I I'm a proponent of running back lives matter. Um, personally, yes. they deserve to be treated with uh, fairness and respect. And I'm seeing on FanDuel plus 350 for over one and a half running backs to get drafted in the first round. I think that's a good bet. Because we know one of them is going in the first round for sure, and that's Bijan Robinson, who is I mean, you just have to watch him play one time and you get it. You like you just get it. So he's gonna go in the first round. And then later on in the first round, there are enough teams, I think, that could afford to take Jameer Gibbs in, with their first round pick. The Chargers. If this Austin Eckler situation uh, goes by the wayside, uh, certainly seems like he's going to be there for at least just one more year. Uh, the Bills could use a running back. James Cook, we'll see with him in his second season, but he had some flashes, not super consistent. The Bengals, to me, are the overwhelming target for Jameer Gibbs with their Joe Mixon situation. If you've been following... Uh, Jack Cavanaugh over at Player Profile today, he's been beating the drum all offseason long that a Joe Mixon uh, cut or release uh, could be inevitable any day now. So they're a team that could use a running back and have already addressed offensive line with signing Orlando Brown, as Ahan noted earlier. The Eagles could use another running back, uh, although I think the Rashad Penny signing was awesome for them and i love kenny gainwell um and the chiefs maybe they can right their wrong from uh clyde edwards alaire and draft an actual good running back uh in the first round so there's enough teams that i think could make sense to draft jameer gibbs that plus 350 i think is worth worth a look I love that plus 700 with Cincinnati. You bring up uh, Joe Mixon, obviously, departing. It looks every day goes by like that's going to be kind of the angle that goes. And Gibbs, I think, this is what I've been talking about in the last week and a half. I don't know why it came to me one day, but it seems like at the tight end position, right, they tried with Uzama, they tried with Hayden Hurst, and they've moved on. They said, all right, cool, we're just going to bring in a bunch of move tight ends. Ossie Ossie, Irv Smith, and bring back Drew Sample to be a run blocker. Why not shift Shift the angle of the offense, right? You know what you have at the receiver position. You know what you got at quarterback. You know what your offensive line can and can't do. Fuck tight end. Bring in Jameer Gibbs and put him in the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire role. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with Joe Burrow at LSU. It, it, it creates an entirely different dynamic for the Cincinnati Bengals, and it's not the run game. It's not. Gibbs would unlock the passing game completely because you'd have to not only worry about Chase down there and T. Higgins here and Boyd everywhere – and who gives a shit who's playing tight end? But you have to worry about Gibbs being the most dynamic running back in the NFL out of the backfield other than Christian McCaffrey. And even if you think Gibbs is overrated, he's still really good out of the backfield. He's a really good pass blocker, which we know mm -hmm. Burrow needs some, you know, some pickup on pickup next to him. I love the Gibbs set plus 700. Put the salt on there. Sprinkle it. Salt and pepper. L little it. sprinkle. Yeah. We, you can't go wrong with a little sprinkle. A little sprinkle, a little sprinkle. Um, let's get down to the business. The I want I want a couple of hot bets. I want a hot bet from each of you. We'll get the hell out of here. It's been 38 minutes, but I'm going to give you mine first. These are the two bets I'm making. That's it, just two. That's all I got, the whole process. The number two overall pick, I got two bets for the same bet. 
Number two, if it's traded, I think it goes to the Raiders or the Titans. I think it's for Anthony Richardson. I think they come up for Anthony Richardson. That's plus 2,000 on FanDuel. And I think if Houston stays, it's not for Tyree Wilson. It's for Jalen Carter, plus 2,000. Both are plus 2,000. I'll sprinkle on both. If I lose, cool. I'm not going to be getting rid of a million dollars. You know, it is what it is. I also got to shout out Trevor Tipton. Uh, he's a new betting analyst for Player Profile. He's writing up some articles. He just put one out, and he had Jalen Carter plus 2,000, and that line has not moved. I love that one. And Anthony Richardson, both plus 2,000. Give me that. We'll start with you, Shervon. What is your hot take for the draft? What's the big bet? My hot take, plus 700 for Jordan Addison to be the first receiver drafted. I love Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think he is the actual best receiver in this class. But I do think Jordan Addison is the most complete receiver in this class after dominating in the slot primarily at Pittsburgh in 2021 and putting up nearly identical numbers in a whole new offense at USC in 2022. Granted, yes, it helps having Caleb Williams. But Jordan Addison also in 2021 led college receivers in yards against press coverage with over a thousand. And considering that the the rookie receivers that we just saw, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, uh, Drake London, Jamison Williams, all of them played in that, in that season. And Jordan Addison still had more yards in press coverage against any of them along with everyone in this year's class as well. I think He's going to be a really good receiver. I think he's being slept on. I Again, I think JSN is the best receiver in this class, but at plus 700, I'm taking my shot on Addison being the number one drafted in this class. We saw Devonta Smith be undersized, be a great route runner, and get drafted top 10. I'm not saying Addison is Devonta Smith, but Jordan Addison's pretty damn good. He won the Blitnikoff last two years ago, transferred across the country, played with the Heisman winner, and continued to show output, even though people are like, well, he sucked this year. Nah, 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 nah. We between the lines there, buddy. Jordan Addison's a really good wide receiver, so I like that one. Uh, uh, Shervon, you can find Shervon on Twitter at Shervon Fakimi. You can find Ahan on Twitter at Ahan Rungta. Make sure you click like, click subscribe. Ahan. It's your turn. Take us home. What's the hot bet? What's the nuke bomb? What's the what's the sprinkle of the week for the NFL draft? Take us home. And this is what I do, right? I give up minus 136s, and I, I put a unit on that. But I can't live with myself if I don't take a plus 4,000 um, to, clo- to close out the episode. Wow. Uh, by the way, I'll be t- – both of both plus 700s that you gave out, like – I, I've liked both of those for a while, and now we get the stamps of approval from Shervon and Cody uh, with uh, Jameer Gibbs and Jordan Addison. So I'm taking that uh, right after we're, we're done recording. But the plus 4,000 that I put in this morning, um, a certain someone went on the Dan Patrick show this morning and said, I had two visits. And uh, Dan Patrick says, oh, yeah, what two were they? And uh, he responded, the Eagles and the Bucks, B. John Robinson to the Eagles at plus 1,000, pass, right? I think I, I think they're happy with Rashad Penny. Bijan Robinson mm. to the Bucks at 1 to 40? Is it good for the Bucks? No. Can it happen at more than 1 in 41? Yes. If you don't throw $10 or, or whatever one-tenth of a unit for you is, you know, I know we got some high rollers out there that'll throw 100 on that. What are you doing? 1 to 40? Thank you.